Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, October 21st, 2021. I want to give you fair warning. Do not listen to this episode unless you are willing for your plans to be changed. You've been warned, so proceed at your own risk. But since we are dealing with the scriptures and God's holy word, I'll also give you the advice that I think the risk will be worth it. But we are looking at a passage in James 4 today, and recently I heard a sermon on this passage, specifically the last few verses. We're looking at all of James 4 in our reading today, but we'll focus mostly on verses 13 through 17. And I heard a sermon on this passage recently about making plans, and I felt like the next week of my life, so many of my plans went haywire. And I was I couldn't tell if I was so glad that I had heard that sermon to prepare me for that, or if I should be upset that I'd heard that sermon because that's what made all these things happen. I'm pretty sure it was the first of those two options. But the the sermon was actually preached by Pastor Charlie Matz at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. And if you're a part of our church, maybe you remember it, or if you missed it, or you're not a part of our church, we'll put the link in the show notes today uh, with the podcast so you can uh, go and And listen to the whole thing. But I want to remind us of some of the things that were said as we consider this passage in James chapter 4. And again, we're reading the whole chapter today, but we'll focus mainly on the last few verses, starting in verse 13, where it says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a place, or such and such a town, and spend a year there, and trade, and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. And so there, kind of even that first point is We think about our plans and things we need to avoid as we make plans. Uh, Pastor Charlie gave five things that need to be submitted to God um, as we make plans. And the first was submit your timing. And you see that there where it says today or tomorrow uh, we will go. And, And that's where, I mean, how many times have we thought, well, we'd like to do this and it's going to take X amount of time. And God changes that. And that could be as simple as, you know, the timing uh, that you want for some major life milestone, uh, thinking, oh, I want to, you know, own a house or be married or uh, be retired by this point in time. Uh, Or, you know, might even be as simple as how long it's going to take to get to the grocery store, submitting your timing to God and also submitting your location to God. It speaks of we're going to go into such and such a town. And many of us, we've probably lived or even live in a place that we didn't anticipate living. And so we want to consider just our own selves and even are we making our plans and just thinking about where we want to be? Are we open to wherever God leads us? 
And then it talks about spending a year there. Uh, Pastor Charlie mentioned submitting your duration to God. And one thing I thought that was particularly helpful as he talked about duration was lots of times this might be the duration of our trials where we think, okay, I've learned the lesson. The trial can end now. And we want God to start and stop trials in our lives on our timetable, which it's a good reminder that there probably wouldn't be a lot of starts to trials on our timetable if we were planning things. But God in his infinite wisdom brings these things. And then the last two were submit your activity to God and submit your objective to God. That even what we're doing, why we're doing it, these things all need to be subjected to God. And then as he proceeded, the last point of the uh, the sermon that Pastor Charlie preached was that we need to live a Lord-willing life. That really we need to hold everything in our lives kind of with open hands, whether that's the small things of my plans for today or the big things of my plans for my life. And I need to trust in God and really his goodness. And really, I think there's a sweet simplicity that is found in living that Lord willing life where every day you wake up and the unexpected happens and you say, you know what? I'm going to trust God and I'm going to walk through whatever he puts in front of me today. And when we trust God like that, there is a sweet and I would say joyful simplicity that can come into our lives as we have that kind of mindset. And really, I don't think you're going to get to that mindset without humility. And that's where it's good uh, really to look back at what you hopefully read before in James chapter 4 and just be reminded of the need for uh, humility. Verse 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And living that Lord willing life, I think, is one of the ways that we can really humble ourselves before the Lord. And we can go before him and say, okay, this is this is what you want. Um, and I'm willing to roll with whatever you want, God, whatever you will. That is what I will accept and even receive with gladness as your sovereign plan for today or for my life. And living that Lord willing life will also keep us out of a lot of conflict with others. Where I go back to verse one, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. I mean, that is the opposite of a Lord willing life. That is, I want what I want, and if I don't get what I want, I'm going to go to war. And that's not the mindset that we want to have. So I hope you're encouraged by James chapter 4 today. But again, don't say I didn't warn you if the rest of your week doesn't quite go according to your plan. And speaking of things not going according to plan, let's look at another character in Scripture today who we see, well, they were having a day that I'm sure was not going according to their plan, and that is the woman at the well in James or in John chapter 4. And today we'll look at verses 16 through 30. And if you remember from yesterday, Jesus has offered her living water. I doubt that was on her bingo card when she woke up that morning of things that might possibly happen that day. But here is this man uh, offering her living water, and obviously Jesus is speaking of something spiritual, but she is having trouble grasping anything beyond uh, the physical reality of that. And uh, so I think Jesus now, it seems like a change in topic, but I think he's trying to drive the point home in verse 16 when he says, go call your husband and come here. 
And Jesus obviously already knows the answer because the woman says, I have no husband. And Jesus then reveals how much he knows this woman. He says, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one that you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. So he just goes and basically reveals this this woman's deepest, darkest secrets. And they're either deep, dark secrets. I mean, her having a husband who's not her husband, that doesn't seem like something on the up and up. And we don't know why she had five husbands. It might not just be deep, dark secrets, but also the greatest tragedies of her life. But Jesus knows all of that. And I think he's trying to now get to the point of, hey, I'm trying to tell you about satisfaction in your soul, and it's a satisfaction you can't find anywhere else, and it's certainly not a satisfaction that you can find through marriage, because how is that going for you? And if you put yourself in her shoes, you probably understand that's incredibly awkward for someone you've never met before to be either recounting your greatest tragedies or your deepest, darkest secrets or some combination of the two And so it would, I think what happens in verse 19 is a attempt to change the topic of conversation away from her great tragedies and deep, dark secrets. And she says, I perceive that you are a prophet, which is a good deduction based on what he just told her. And so she asks him the hot topic question of the day. And then he goes on to talk about worship. And he says, uh, really in verse 23, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. And she asked him a question of, well, should we worship on this mountain in Samaria or should we worship in Jerusalem? And Jesus now is recentering it to, it's really not about um, where you are or what you're doing with the sacrifices that the time is coming where it really matters what's going on inside your heart is it worship in spirit and in truth that is what real worship is all about real worship is going to be something that happens on the inside that expresses itself on the outside it's not going to be something that's just limited to one location or one activity And that's what Jesus is speaking to this woman. And I want us to see how all of this, I think, is connected. The living water that Jesus provides, it's connected to being a worshiper of him. The only place that we can find true satisfaction is really through worshiping Christ in spirit and truth. And what does that look like to worship in spirit and truth? Well, I think we get a decent example of it as we look at Uh, Psalm 119, verses 57 through 64. And just look how it begins. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I think that's a sense even of that living water heat. The Lord is what satisfies. And here the psalmist is saying, the Lord is my portion. If I've got the Lord, I've got enough. And even just think about how that thought, the Lord is my portion, will help us with all the other passages we've looked at today. If you're really thinking the Lord is my portion, he's all I want, he's all I need, how much easier is it going to be to live a Lord-willing life? Because changes in plans, they can't affect the Lord being your portion. They might affect your comfort, your your bank account, your health, all these other things, but they can't affect the Lord being your portion. And so much more would it be easier to say... um, to say, the, this, I want to live a Lord-willing life because the Lord is my portion. But then look at what it leads to. I promise to keep your words. And we saw recently just even that connection between the promises of God and his commandments and how they go 
together. And I love this, that when we really see God as our portion, we see, man, his words, that's what I want. That's how I want to live. That is the best. And so we will have that heart when we can truly say the Lord is my portion. And we'll be able to say that when we really see God for how great he is. And we get a sense of that in the last verse of that section today, verse 64, the earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. And so even just as we think about those things, may we all be encouraged to say, the Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your word. Finally, we look at Jeremiah 23 and 24 today. And as we do that, there's a lot of discouraging things in there. Even I think discouraging things we can relate to today, a lot about false prophets, uh, false teachers, people that are leading people astray, people that are telling people what they want to hear instead of really what what God is saying when he says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. But instead, they're just telling people what they want to hear. And I want us to be encouraged, though, by the beginning of chapter 23, where even again there, as he talks to the shepherds who are not doing their job, in verse 5, he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely, and this is the name by which he will be called The Lord is our righteousness. And we know Christ is coming. He will reign. Someday all the false teaching and all the false prophets will be stopped and Jesus will reign in righteousness. But until that day, let's seek to humbly live a Lord willing life. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.